0: It's good to see everybody here this morning. All right, thank you. I'm glad that you made it to church this summer, Sunday morning. Let me again give some quick announcements. Remember this, that every Sunday morning for seven weeks we're on Uh, Week number six, we're having our Sunday school classes. One class is meeting down at Axiom starting at 9.30. The other one is meeting here in the sanctuary. Uh, Wonderful classes. Ronnie Horton is down at Axiom speaking on uh, the life of Christ and then the life of Paul is being spoken here by Alex. Uh, That's every Sunday morning, 9.30 to 10.15. Uh, I encourage you to be a part of that. You know, our church is actively teaching and training people, you know, uh, the word of God and how to put that into practice. I I just, uh, want to say thank you for, uh, Curtis and Callie, uh, teaching our evangelism class. Give them a hand. Do we have the picture? Do we have a picture of that? Let's see if we have, don't you like this little guy right here? I don't know what that is. We don't have it. Well, you're dismissed. Let's go. No. here's what it is. It was a picture of the class that graduated uh, Monday night, and they were meeting down here on Monday nights to learn how to share. It's got it. It goes out. It's always got to be Christian's fault, right? The sound man. I just want to apologize what I was thinking about you, Christian, right now let me get back up here where it might pick up a little bit. But uh, every Monday night they met and then they went out into the community and just shared the love of God by telling them the story of uh, salvation. And I appreciate that. Gwen and I uh, uh, was able to attend. They invited us us every week, but we attended this last week um, and we watched them in action. It was amazing how our people took part in that. And hopefully we'll be able to do that in the future and we just want to encourage you to plug into the different classes and different things. You know, as a, as a Christian and as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're not just a follower, but a disciplined learner. That means that we're self-feeders. We're not allowing, you know, just to uh, be fed by somebody else in just one time a week. So I want to encourage you on Sunday mornings at 930, what time? Nine thirty. I tell you what, nine twenty-five would even be better than nine thirty. Get there a little bit early, and you can have a cup of coffee and and kind of greet one another, and then into the Word of God we go. And then after that service, of course, we come into the sanctuary, and and uh, another word is given um, on the on the Word of God and how it can change our lives. Um, this morning, I am blessed. All right, you're slow, but you're worth waiting on. I'm telling you what. This is the group, and uh, man, i am tell you what, we we have a a wonderful group. These are kind of the green berets of the church. They'll be sent out ahead, and and, uh, we appreciate them very much, and Curtis and Callie, thank you for the hard work that went into that, and I know that Curtis's heart burns. Probably one of the first weeks that Curtis and Callie was here, he said, hi, my name's Curtis, and I love evangelism. I said, well, that's great. He says, well, I'd love to be able to teach a class one day as a deal. And boy, has he done a wonderful job. And I appreciate that. Well, in the next few weeks, we're going to hear uh, the word of God. And Gwen is going to bring it today and next Sunday. And and I'm going to give her a a wig because a lot of times you have so much to say. uh, Either you preach for an hour and a half and everybody goes, ugh, or you preach the word of God in bite sizes that we can handle it. And then we can, again, process it the next week and going forth, and using, and actually walking in the Word of God. So this morning, i want to challenge you, now that I'm not preaching, and you can use this for me teaching a couple of weeks from now, is I want you to take notes. Now listen to me. I, I know, and I'm not naive to know that sometimes you might not even remember where you put your notes, but just using one of your senses when, when you're writing, and you're verbally uh, speaking them later, you, you read your notes to yourself, or you look at your notes Those are the things, the message, when the voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to you and customizes this Sunday morning message for you. Because I'm going through things in my life, maybe that you're not going through in your life. Maybe I'm in an older season in my life. Maybe I'm in a younger season than some of you in your life. But at the same time, we're all in different seasons. And as the word of God goes forth, you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And either have an opportunity to write that down or put it in your phone. Take some pictures maybe of the, the uh, hyper wall here up here. You can change that picture now. <laughs> and and uh, take a picture of it. And therefore, then later, as you look at that, it again recalls to your memory and it allows the Holy Spirit to speak to you on that occasion also. So this morning, let's give a hand to Gwen as she comes.
1: Right. Well, you clapped in faith. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Okay, so John's been doing a great job with the jokes, right? Ready? Here we go. There was a kindergarten teacher, and she um, was talking to the, the, the students, and they had their lesson. And then she said to the students, all right, now, boys and girls, I want you just to think about what you've learned today. And just out of your creativity, I want you to draw a picture in response. So she was walking around the room, encouraging the students and looking over their shoulders. And she asked this one little girl, she said, now, what is that a picture of that you're drawing? And she said, it's a picture of God. And the teacher said, well, no one really knows what God looks like. And she said, they will when I'm done. You know, John has been talking to us about the power of God's Word. It started at the first of the year. I think he did, what, 15-part series on the blessing. And we were looking into Scripture uh, from Genesis and tracing the blessing of God. God spoke a blessing. He released a blessing in the book of Genesis. And so John led us through, and we were tracing the blessing and the lives of of men and women in the Old Testament and then um, he's led us into a most recent series on how we are called to be a blessing and um, he may not have said it exactly the way I'm saying it but he's talking about our words and about the power of our words you know that's what makes us different then the animals in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created all of creation and the animals, the one thing that is different between his crown of creation, you and me, and the animals is that we have the choice, we have the power to choose our words and act on them. And so that's an important concept for us. So let's dive into the word today. It is a pleasure to speak to you um, John and I count it an honor to be your pastors, and so thank you so much for being here today and prioritizing the Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for a relationship with you, that not only have you revealed yourself through the Bible, through the pages of Scripture to us, but you've also revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ, and we can have relationship with him and know you firsthand. So thank you for that. I ask, Lord, that you would um, speak through, th- through my vocal cords and think through my mind today as I speak. I pray that uh, your word would just go forth and would be individualized. For each person in the room today, those watching online, I pray that you would customize the word for their walk and what you're doing in their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I were to ask you today, what's the foundation of your life? Or what's the one thing, the key thing in your life that um, is your solid foundation? It keeps you going. It's it's the the very core of who you are. You know, it could be that tomorrow someone you might hear and, and someone might say, Hey, John and Gwen, they're off the grid. They just took off. We don't know where they went. They just liquidated everything, and who knows where they are? They're not in the ministry anymore. We don't have any plans. (laughs) But I go back to the question, what is the foundation of your life? You know, we have to have a foundation. There have been plenty of people that have had a scenario just like the one I I said, except maybe it was their parent. You know, well, I thought mom and dad, they raised me in the ways of the Lord, and then, then this or that happened, or... You know, I was following my pastor and then this happened or there was trouble at church. John and I have heard it on the other side, wounded, hurt pastors. I thought that those people were for me and they all rose up against me, whatever. Well, what is the foundation of your life? When we stand before God, we're not going to be able to point this, that, well, they, and I would have done better, but she, and, well, I didn't know but that. No, what is the core foundation of your life? That's what we're looking at today when we're talking about the power of our words. As Christians, we want to know the power of God's word. That's really important. But religion will nullify, and uh, the goal of religion is to make you powerless. So oftentimes, you know, even the devil himself and all his demons know, and, and they know about God, right? So that's not enough. That's all the, all the pagans, they believe in a higher power, a being. That's not enough. It matters that we believe that God has a specific purpose and plan for us in relationship to his word. So that's where the power of our own words come into play. You know, it, the more knowledge and the more experience you have, the more solid and stable you'll be. Knowledge of God's word and experience with it. You're looking for both just knowledge in and of itself, it just kind of makes us, sometimes we can't even get prideful. Well, I was raised in the church, or I've been saved 12 years, or something like that, and that, that's not, there's no place for that, right? We have to stay current with God. Well, what's he said to you lately? What are you doing in obedience to him today? There's an equal playing field where that is concerned, so it's really important that we stay current And part of it is looking into God's word and what he has to say to us today. So where John has been leading us into the power of our own words, what I want you to do is not take my word for it. Will you you do that? Don't take my word for it. Don't take John's word for it. What is your foundation? What is your foundation? What do you know about what you believe in God and what you believe about the power that he's given you, it'll be released. We'll see in Scripture. Uh, one of the ways that he releases, allows us to release power uh, in this earth is through our own spoken words. So, um, you know, the Israelite people, by way of quick review, I want to look at 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 1. Would you go there with me? It'll be on the screen for you also. Um, John gave us a little bit of uh, background on the Israelite people. Um, nation that God had called and set aside for himself for his purposes you know what the difference between the United States is and the nation of Israel the United States um, came later of course but the Israelites God said I want a chosen people out of all the pagans of the earth I want a, a group of people that they will dedicate themselves to me that they'll follow me and so he did that and he he called Abraham and then his family and out of that family Became a nation. What's the difference between the United States? It was a group of people that said, we choose to honor God. We're setting ourselves aside. We're going to a place where we can honor him and and follow him fully. Maybe you didn't hear that if if you're uh, maybe still in school yourself. It might not be in our studies today about the Mayflower Compact and the purpose and plan of God for this nation. But it's extremely important because when we're talking about the power of our words, it's not only the power for you to direct and bless your own life i'm going to say that again it's not only the power to direct and bless your own life but it's the power that god has given us and the responsibility to be a blessing and bless our nation bless our community um so god spoke to the people of israel and he said i'm gonna they had been slaves right for a number of years i'm gonna bring you into a wonderful land. And you're going to have houses you didn't build. You're going to have vineyards that you did not plant. He gave them all these amazing promises about this land. So God said those wonderful things over them, and then God went on to, to get, give them details about where the land would be and all of that. I want to look at First Corinthians uh, chapter one, or excuse me, chapter 10 verse one. It says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. That's the Israelites, right? So in the New Testament, we don't want to forget about them. It's not just about history. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was, what? Christ. So they had the same same Christ in the Old Testament as in the New. Let's go into verse 4. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. I want to pause there uh, for a minute. God said i have this wonderful promise for you i have good things for you we just read in first corinthians that there that's an example for us so what would that be for you and me he's got a place for you he's got a job for you he's got a a career path he's got a a family for you he has a, a church family for you we have a calling and a plan and a purpose for god in our lives and so god gave them a plan and then what did they say in response oh no, we can't do that. When they actually left the land of slavery and they were going into what God had called them to, over and over a challenge would come and they would say, we can't do this. This is not working for us. They said things like, did God bring us out here to kill us? You know, some of us, we would read that and think, because we know what eventually happened. What eventually happened, God did bring the few of them. Uh, A whole generation died off because... They kept complaining and griping and saying at every turn, well, it doesn't look like this is a good land. We need water. It doesn't look like this is a good land. We need food. And then God would provide. They would come out of that circumstance, and there would be another. So did they actually, did that group of people actually access what God gave them or what he said that he wanted their reality to be? No. They didn't get what God said. It says in verse six, "These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing them to die, 23,000 of them to die in one day." Let's go on to the next verse. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and then they were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So that's us. So, did the Israelites actually receive the promise? Not that first generation. They kept saying things like, we're going to die out here. We're going to die out here. We're going to die in the wilderness. We're going to die in the wilderness. They got what they said. They didn't get what God said. They died in the wilderness. There were only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, that survived that because when they were looking at the land, they saw through eyes of faith, which means they saw through what God said. Well, it looks like an amazing land, but there's giants over there. There's big guys over there, but we can do it anyway because that's what God said. You see, the power is in agreement for us to say what God says. You know, you're saying amen. I hear you, but most of the, the, the church out there in general does not believe what I'm saying. They don't believe what we're talking about in here today. They say things like... Uh, All those faith people. Or they think they can just have anything they conjure up. All kinds of things in in resistance and in opposition to what I'm saying? No, to actually what the Word says. So that's what we're looking for. We're going to base what we're saying today out of the Word. You know, the children of Israel got what they said. When pressure is on you in your life, when you have a job loss, when things don't look the way you think they should look, when things look scary. I mean, we live in a fallen world. We, lived in a cur- we live in a cursed world. Things are going to be scary sometimes, right? This is not heaven. And so that's what happened to the Israelites. They saw certain things. They, they looked at themselves instead of thinking about the power of God to fulfill his promises. And so in all of that, they got bogged down because of the pressure. What's pressure in your life, in my life? Anxiety. Anxiety is a, is a pressure zone. You, you may have moments of anxiety, but I challenge you, do not live in that. You see it as an enemy, a stark enemy to you. It it's really is. It's bad for your health. It's just, uh, it'll steal your peace. So anxiety can be a, a huge uh, problem for us. Um, any any other kinds of pressure? What are we talking about? When you're under pressure, what you really believe comes out of your life. I was recently with a friend. She's a wonderful leader at my organization where I'm executive director at Alive at Last. Wonderful leader, great great lady. She's known the Lord for many years, and she and I were meeting, and she was supposed to bring me uh, a donation that someone had given her. So we met. We had breakfast. Talked. And then um, I began to kind of pack my things and, hey, it was great to meet with you today. She said, oh, the check, oh, fill in the blank. What were you thinking? <laughs> she, she had a, a, a word that came out, a cuss word, and she said, I completely forgot it. I said, now listen, and I just moved on. I said, don't you worry about it. I did not give her a lecture. She didn't need a lecture from me. Um, she already knew. She said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I said that. You know, it's really not about what we say that the, what we say actually reveals what we've already been putting inside and what we've been thinking. You know, it's just a revealer. When the pressure's on, when something nerve-wracking happens, when we don't get that raise, when our child is not acting the way we thought they should act or whatever, husbands and wives tick each other off, whatever that could be, what comes out is what, it just reveals what was already in there. That's why John was telling us last week, he said, don't go around correcting each other. You know, that's judgment, right? That, people know. People know. Here's another thing I want to bring out. You know what? That, that cuss word that she said was not really dangerous to me. You know, it was not dangerous. But curse words, what I'm speaking to you today, is about the power to bless. The power to bless. That's what God has given you. It would have been more dangerous if she had started saying things like, you know what, I didn't bring that check, and the reason why is I don't believe in this organization. And she started spewing all kinds of things out. That's curse words. Now, I'm not giving you license to cuss. It's kind of a, you know, you want to get a a greater vocabulary than that. So I'm I'm not giving you license to cuss, but I'm telling you cursing is worse. Cursing is worse than cussing. Now, uh, cuss words are actually uh, an abbreviated form of a curse. They mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind that. Um, And so it's just kind of an abbreviated form. But to curse someone's future, to curse someone's actions, or to curse them and say, you don't matter. You know what? You don't matter. You never have mattered. Um, what What you say to me, I don't care about. Those words, those curse words are extremely damaging if, person believes it or agrees. Parents, we have extreme power in the lives of our children, younger and older. Did you know that those that teach language, moms and dads, grandparents, I'm teaching language. I got babies. I got grandbabies. So our two oldest are are one's two and one's about to be two. So we're teaching language. Those that teach language teach others how to think. You see, Our words contain thoughts. When God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, he thought about that. You were in his heart. This world was in his heart. That's what he was thinking about. Words are containers of thought, and they are extremely important. So we want to, again, whether you've heard this in a church setting or not, base it on what you see in Scripture John has referred to the transformation process several times. Uh, He taught a series a number of years ago. It's probably been about 15, 16 years ago now. But he refers to this because it's just a good uh, way to keep ourselves in check when we're talking about the power of our words. And so do you see that there? It says uh, words change your thoughts. And your thoughts change your emotions. You've been kind of emotional ever back it up there's some thought things going on there right and then if you want to fix that you've got to go back to things you're hearing so words whether you guys that are doing the christian education thing and you're going early and then you're coming here you're getting a double dose of good word what's that all about it's empowering to you it's empowering to you words create thoughts words are thought containers What are you listening to? That is a major thing we have to ask ourselves. What are we listening to? Before we start trying to change the way we speak, we want to make sure that we've got to watch what's coming in our, our, our mind. What are we listening to? What are you listening to when it's passive? Today you came and you're listening during church. It's very purposeful. You came here and you're, you, know, you got your Bibles out and all that stuff. But what about times in your life we've got to guard what we're hearing in the world around us because it does affect our thought. It affects our thoughts. You know, we can't argue with this process. This is the way God created things. So we might look at it, I don't believe that. Well, you had that prerogative. But the fact is it's the way God created things. He spoke things into existence and so that is the way the system works. We want to work with the system. And then our thoughts affects our emotions. Our emotions affect our habits. We typically are not doing things we don't like to do. You know, if it doesn't feel good, it's just kind of the way our flesh is. If it doesn't feel good, we're not going to do it. We like to eat our favorite foods. We like to not exercise, you know, unless you get to exercising a while, and then there will be some positive endorphins, and then that can change that whole process. Emotions affect our habits. Habits then result in our character, and our character then maps out our destiny. Important things we're recognizing the the value of God's word. You know, one of the things that the Israelites did is they complained. They complained and they would gripe when things didn't go their way or they saw a challenge. What did we read in 1 Corinthians? These things are examples to us today. We don't want to look at that and go, I can't believe they acted like that. You know, God brought water from a rock. He did all these miracles. I don't think I would behave that way if God parted the Red Sea for me. And then a a few weeks later, they're yakking and complaining. They are examples to us because human nature does not change. What are you doing when things do not go your way? What are you doing when it looks like they, they felt like, oh, look, here comes the Pharaoh and his armies. They're chasing us to take us back into slavery. They, they were looking at things around them. We do the very same thing if we are not purposefully careful about, about that. You know, it makes me wonder what their complaining opened the door to in their lives. When we read in um, 1 Corinthians, you can go back there again if you want to and and check this out. But God, um, through the writer, Paul, reveals three things that the Israelites had problems with, right? So pagan worship, that hasn't gone away either, right? What do we worship in America? Not you and me, but what do, hopefully not. But what do people worship? Money. They worship money. They worship power. They worship comfort, Americans don't like to do things that are really uncomfortable, typically. So idolatry is still a thing. It just looks a little different. Um, So idol worship, sexual immorality, that hasn't gone away either. Um, And then also the other thing was complaining. It's amazing how those are in the same company. Really? Sexual immorality? Complaining. (laughs) Philippians, you don't have this on the screen, but I want to read it to you. Philippians 2.14 says this. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Philippians 2 says do everything without complaining. So when is it okay to complain? When, when, when do we get to? You know, that, it, the Israelites, it was the downfall for them. So we don't want to, we're trying to renew our minds by the Word of God. We could all look at that today and go, you can't live like that. And we could walk out the door. And then we get the result of not agreeing with God's Word. What you and I do here at the chapel, if we see it in the Bible, we agree with it. You know, if it's in the Word once, we want to add value to it. We want to take value and look at that. If it's in the Word two or three or ten times, that's, that's one thing. Did you know there are 500 scriptures at least 500 scriptures, on the power of your words. 500 scriptures. It's a thing. It's an important thing. So um, I want to look at Hebrews 1-3 when we talk about this. Let's talk about what this looks like in our daily lives. Hebrews 1-3, and I have this in the Amplified Bible for you. Why? Well, the Amplified Bible breaks down the original Greek, which is a little bit more uh, colorful because that's the original language. You know, in English, uh, again, it's how to think, how we think. So that's why we want to go back sometimes to the original Greek. Um, Guys, would you get there to Hebrews 1, verse 3 in the Amplified Bible? God, I want to remind you that God used his words in the beginning to change things. It was dark. uh, The earth was formless and void. And God used his word to bring change he didn't go out there and say it is so dark it is so dark and so void out there he said let there be what what did he want he wanted the outcome to be light let there be light and light was and then we, if we go on he, he he spoke at every turn where creation was concerned and he did that by way of example then when adam came uh, god created adam and eve god gave adam the power to name the animals, and they had the very character. The names of the animals had the very ca- character and nature of the names that they that they carried. So um, he's our example in that. I don't see that coming up in Hebrews uh, 1, 3, so maybe we'll get there in a minute. But in the Amplified Bible, the, it says this in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says that Jesus is the very expression of God the Father, and that he... Maintains the very word of Christ, the word of God, guides, maintains, and propels the universe by His mighty word of power. I think we have it there. Somehow that orange is a little hard for me to read, so I'll try to try to read that for you. I don't know if it's because of the light. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light bear, the light being, the sorry, uh, radiance of the divine. Let me just move down a little bit so that I'm not making you more nervous than I am myself. Okay, there we go. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. He is a perfect imprint, the very image of God's nature. Um, it, it, It says this, he guides, maintains, and propels the universe by his mighty word of power. That's where I want to get to. He guides, maintains, and propels. When you listen to the news, you need to know that. When you listen to current events, you need to know that he upholds, guides, maintains, and propels the universe by his word of power. When people say, well, I wonder, do you think the greenhouse effect, maybe we could all blow up? No, no, because he, it may sound like it out there, There, and I think we should take care of our planet, but he guides, maintains, and propels the universe by his word of power. He spoke the world into existence in Genesis 1 and did you know it's still expanding at the speed of light today There's, our telescopes can't see all that's out there his word is powerful and with you being created as his very own children he designed that you should have creative power in your tongue as well now Jesus was our perfect example he was very careful you know he God doesn't just say things I'm just saying I'm just chatting Jesus didn't either. Could, could you see him saying something like this? Those Sadducees and Pharisees, they're, they're bugging me. I've had enough of them. I've had enough of them. I don't know if I want to go back out there anymore. All they do is just come against everything I say. It's getting exhausting. Can you see Jesus saying that? If you know the scripture, you never see him saying that. And so I, I encourage you, I encourage myself, we don't want to just vent. We want to use our words to bring change, to bring life, to bless. So, faith-filled words release power in our own lives. First, over yourself, you have the power to bless. We're going to see that in Scripture. And then, over others, those that you're in contact with, and finally, the world at large. That's how God uses prayer, too. You know, Prayer can be um, really exciting if you find Scripture to pray that agrees with the outcome that you want. You're praying Scripture. You're praying God's Word. There's great, great power in that, and it can be really far-reaching. So let's look at James chapter 3, verse 1. James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he had quite a bit to say about words. Um, amazing. He lived and walked with Jesus, and again, you know, he saw him uh, up close. Um, the Bible tells us that he didn't actually, he, he and his family, uh, we know Mary was at the crucifixion. We have record of that. And then she went on, and she was present at the day of Pentecost. So there's a record of some names that were at the after Jesus passed, uh, you know, he, was, he died and was resurrected. There's um, evidence of some that at least— You know, on the day of Pentecost, there were a number and then 500 people beyond that that he, Jesus appeared to before he ascended back to heaven. Well, James living up close and personal with Jesus, it just makes you wonder at his writings, some of the things he probably saw and looking back being raised with Jesus that he saw. So he speaks specifically about words. Let's look at James uh, chapter three, verse one. Not many of you should become teachers, and let me just say this, in the church. Not many, because, I mean, we we need teachers out there that they may not all uh, be Christian. The better ones are, but not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So if we look at this, um, verse 2, it says anyone um, that can bridle their tongue, can keep their tongue, is perfect. This doesn't mean flawless. What it means is maturing. So if you wanted to come to a church service where we learned about the deeper things of God, here you go. This is for the mature. Those that can keep their tongue there's a power there's a maturity it also means that word perfect also means fully developed do the most for the most part do people in our christian circles believe that the power of our words actually has the power to affect our bodies no they they don't believe that but it's it's in the bible so what do we do got to change if we've been raised in church and we've never heard these principles before We have to change what we're thinking even if we have been Christian all our lives and recognize the Bible tells us that there is great power in our tongue and it actually gives us the power to keep our whole bodies in check. So where you're dealing with bad habits, you know, like I mentioned about the the cuss word that my friend let slip, it's not about that. It's about going back and checking what we're putting in and then we can put our whole bodies in check. With the words of our mouth. Let's go on and look at, at what it says uh, from here. I want to just pause and say this. You know, throughout Scripture, we'll see this principle. If you're experiencing weakness in your body today, what does the Bible say? That's what we're, we're asking ourselves on every, every turn. What does the Bible say? Now, what, what did Pastor John say if he was here? What does the Bible say? What does God's word say? If I'm experiencing weakness in my body, I want to say, I'm strong. Let the weak say. I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm broke. No, let the poor say, I'm rich. Do you know you're not just saying, when you say that, you're not just, um, you're not saying it just because it, it, it happens to be evident, right? You're not saying it because if you're saying, let the weak say, I am strong. Lord, I believe I'm strong in my body. You may, you're not saying, I look strong. You're not saying that. You're calling what you desire to be. And God's given you lots of word in his scripture to arm yourself with that. So verse 3 says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Let's move on to the next verse. Likewise, so this is saying the same way, the same way that we put bits in a horse's mouth and turn that big horse in a certain direction just by the bits, just like a big ship is turned in a direction by the rudder. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it sets itself on fire by hell. Let's unpack that, shall we? The tongue is a small part of the body, of your own body, and it it, it actually directs your course. That makes more sense to us than we know. Generally, in, a, in the course of a day, you're getting up and you're, you're thinking, hey, I'm going to head here or there. I'm going to go do this or that. It's thought process. And you may actually say that to someone. Or you've said it already. You've already said to your boss, I'll be here Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. You've already said that in a contract or whatever. So our words actually do direct our lives. We just get to decide whether it's toward the positive or for the negative. I want you just to be alert in the next few weeks as we're talking about this. We want to be careful and be alert to things that are coming out of our mouths that we really don't want that particular outcome. It says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Have you ever tried to build a fire, maybe you're camping, and you've got this match and this really big log you're not going to start a fire that way, are you? You can can get right up to it. Biggest match you've got, you get two matches. What do you need? You need something small. You start a big fire. Are you following me? We're still talking about the power of the tongue. There's, you start a big fire with a little bit of kindling wood. So you want to find some small pieces You get that together, you heat that up, get a fire going, you can start a really big bonfire. That's what this is talking about. We go on and it says it corrupts the whole body. It says um, that uh, verse 7 says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Remember the horse? He's tamed, so he's following the bit. But no human being can tame the tongue. Is a restless evil full of deadly poison. But you don't want to say to yourself today, see there it is. There's no way I can control my tongue. There it is, right there. No man can contain the tame the tongue. But and have you ever tried to tame someone else's tongue? Quit saying that. You quit saying that. Don't say that. Don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. You can't tame other person's tongue, another person's tongue, but you can tame yours. That is within your own power. You and I can get better at this. We're not looking around, right? We're not, you know, and, I'm, and you're not in, hopefully in your head thinking about everybody, you know, that cousin aunt of yours or that, that negative uh, uncle or family member of yours. No, that's not what this is about. It's about us. Did you know the per- what you say over your life? Matters than what's more than what someone else says over your life? It matters what you think. It matters what you say. Did you know the Bible says this? A curse without a cause or without a reason cannot land. So if someone speaks something over you, like you're useless, you'll never amount to anything, what's your power? The power that you have is don't agree with that. Isn't that freeing? Maybe there's been some words spoken over you by people that were really important, and they knew you well. And it hurt because you thought, wow, if my parents think that about me, wow, if grandma thinks that about me, if my boss says that about me, maybe I don't have a future here at this company. What matters is what you say. So that when you hear things that are really negative in your life, that's where this church often you'll hear when we're talking about agreeing with what God says over your healing and over your body. You're going to hear things you'll hear facts going into the doctor's office that's what they're there for is to tell you facts you're not going there for a faith sermon so we shouldn't be surprised when we go to the doctor and he says have you been exceeding your 2500 calorie allotment per day you know we ought not be shocked when they tell us things that are just truth but what we're trying to do is change things ladies and gentlemen what you're trying to do in your life is bring change with your words. You have the power to bless. You have the power to curse. You have something in your life that's bigger than you. This passage in James talks about that. How do we tame a horse? How do we tame something that's bigger than us? Bigger. We don't have the power and our own strength to change it. How do we... Direct the course of a ship, a huge ship. How do you bring change in those areas in your life that are too big for you? You, You've maybe even gotten discouraged by them. I'm giving you, I hope, if you leave today thinking, I'll never get that straight. I've always been a big mouth. If, If you leave today thinking something like that, you've missed the whole message. It's about starting where we are watching and saying you know really if you've made jesus lord of your life this is a major part of lordship some of you um maybe you've been raised in a pentecostal setting this is a pentecostal church and he may even be speaking to you about the power of praying in the spirit if you've been had that background i'm not going to connect those dots for us today but it's really important oftentimes we'll Come to church, and we we'll, we feel free to say certain things in a church setting, but we feel fake and phony. We feel like we're not authentic if we say those things at home. Here's where I encourage you to make changes. Just do certain things between you and God. Yeah, You're not looking to go to dinner that night. When I get the kids around the table, I'm going to say this, this, and this. Tell them how we're getting our words straight. Start with yourself. Just start with yourself and realize that I'm changing the course of my life. I'm changing the things in my life that seem too big for me, that have been exhausting for me, or I've just become worn out with them. I'm going to change those things by the power of my words, by agreeing with what God says over that situation and that circumstance. So it's up to us to find out what he does say. What does God say about me and about my life. You know, we hear this often at this church when we hear the words identity. See, this is, the, this is a big piece of identity because if we're not careful, we'll, we'll talk things that we hear out there or things that we've come to believe and they're blind spots for us. We've come to believe them because maybe they were even said in our family. Do you have some things in your, your family uh, line that maybe were just commonly spoken about? Maybe we poor, but we proud. God will deliver us from both conditions, right? So what we want to do is we want to make sure that when we're saying things, we may have gotten it from where we were raised. We may be listening to way too much secular television, uh, to the news. What we want to do is we want to be careful and want to up our intake of what we're hearing. That's the easy thing, right? Up your intake of what you're hearing that's positive, that's based on God's word, that's based on a positive outcome. You and I were created for change, for change. What is it in your life that you want to bring change to? Show you? I'm asking him in my life. There's some things. John and I, uh, recently we just had some, some things that, not problems we're looking at. We do have problems. But. We've been looking at some things that we want to advance and we want to grow in our lives. And so we're looking at that ourselves. That it was funny when John began to, he's, I think it's been about two weeks ago now that he started this series on the words. And it's just coming out of what we've been talking about at home. Things that we are believing God for. You know, even with our grown children and grandchildren coming up. There's just more expansion Areas in our life where we want to see God work and move in them and in our grandchildren. It, it includes you. There are certain things that John and I pray and believe over you for change, for growth, for goodness. You know, back in Genesis when God set this thing in order, he's, God called it good. He called it good. Why? Because he blessed creation. When you bless and you empower, you say good about others, there's a blessing released. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for what you're revealing to us and how you're changing and growing our thinking to become agreeable to what you say, agreeable to your thoughts. And so, Lord, I just pray right now over everyone under the sound of my voice, that you would just give them specific pictures and thoughts right now as I'm praying on where to start. Lord, I know that if we ever feel overwhelmed, that's not you. That's never you. You're always good. You empower. You say that we can do what you've called us to do. You say we can be what you've called us to be. And so, Lord, we choose to agree with that. I pray, Lord, that as you give us thoughts and ideas in the room today, that we would begin to arm ourselves with scriptures. We would arm ourselves with your word and thereby gain power to release faith. I praise you for that, Lord. I pray that you would just complete this uh, word in the hearts of everyone here today. That you would show them the how-to, how to walk this out. Lord, I just thank you that there is freedom. The truth we know brings freedom. And so thank you for that, that there's freedom in this word. It is not hard, harsh, and pressing. There's freedom in channeling our tongue, taming our tongue, and causing it to be agreeable to your thoughts and your ways. So Lord, we just lift that to you. I pray that you would seal this word in our hearts, so that we'd be doers. Um, it, it's one thing, but don't let us mistake it, uh, just hearing the word and somehow we feel powerful that we heard it. But I pray, Lord, that we would um, follow you with action, that we would have, uh, we'd be doers of the things that we heard today. And I thank you for your grace and your goodness to do those things, to follow through with action. Thank you for your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Gwen. Uh, as we are about ready to leave the place, we want to make sure that you know that you can be a giver. Uh, we have, uh, have two ushers in the back that you can leave your offering on the way out You can also give online at chapelassembly.org. and put it in the mailbox. You can also send it to the address, and it'll get here. Um, I wanted to uh, announce that, you know, we're in need of the three projectors, uh, one that we already bought that we have been blessed with through the offerings. And then last week, we raised enough money to buy the second projector. Amen. (laughs) So we're looking for the third one. They cost about sixteen hundred a piece. So you'd say, well, I can't give sixteen. Can you give a twenty? Can you give a hundred? Whatever you can do, it adds up, and then we'll be able to uh, start the fall off. Yes, that's right. I said fall. It's coming, and uh, we'll, with three projectors and uh, have the, the different um, visual appearance of the the screens. You know, Gwen, uh, when you were talking, I thought, what a testing time to put our words in effect because the testing time in texas is when uh, right now in july it's getting hot there's a tendency to be a little irritated so during this time especially in traffic or you know whatever watch what's coming out of your mouth because it's very important again we are blessed to be a blessing can you say amen to that amen why not you stand Father, thank you for allowing us to come here. God, thank you for our free country. God, we pray blessing on our president, God, the government. Father, as we leave now, God, help us to realize, help us now, help us to realize that, God, you have blessed us to be a blessing, and where we go, that, God, that we bless people. We speak encouragement into their life. Father, we pray this, and, God, I confess it over our wonderful people today. In your name I said it, amen, amen. Go get them, guys. You're dismissed.